Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Thursday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well on this Thursday. Got uh, the regular crew here in the studio, Bill, Dan, and Drew at the controls. So we'd love for you to join in. Um, let's see, our our regular, our fourth regular going to be joining. We're going to uh, be joined on the phone by Justin Ferguson. Is that fourth, right? Four thirty. I'm thinking we can have a uh, we can have a, a, a phone call with Justin. I think he is in. Is he in Fayetteville? I think he has arrived in Fayetteville just mm-hmm. at the moment. So he, he went straight from South Dakota to Fayetteville. I think he's coming home and then going to Brooklyn next week. He is going to go to the uh, he is going to New York City uh, next week for Auburn and, and Notre Dame men's basketball. But yeah, we should have a talk with Justin uh, sometime this hour. That's good. Uh, and then in the five o'clock hour, as usual, David Pascal from the Chattanooga Times Free Press and ESPN Chattanooga. He is. He is into the final hour of his show, Press Row, right now on uh, ESPN Chattanooga. So he will join us in the second hour. Got an, uh, got an addition to our lineup. Well, a return to our lineup that got confirmed today. I went to get a uh, went to get a haircut. I don't know about this. No, no, you don't. Can I guess? Uh, or yeah. no, you know I shouldn't guess. Go guess, ahead, guess. If, if I'm wrong. Well, no, no, you you'll you'll get it. Okay. I went to get a haircut and I heard a familiar voice. Is it a former Auburn coach? Yes, it is. And is it the one and only Sonny Smith? It is indeed. Outstanding. He was outstanding. Uh, ju- he was just ahead of me there, and I heard him talking. And uh, Champy would be the other contender, right? Like, right. That would be, be the guy. Would and and we and and by the way, if Joe Champy's listening, love to talk to you. By the way, we're you know big big fans, but it's just, this is Coach Sonny Smith we're talking about. Yeah. So uh, Sonny said we could. Uh, uh, I believe we're going to be able to get him Friday afternoons. Wonderful. Uh, so we'll, we'll get him in the 4 o'clock hour on Friday. So tomorrow we'll have Scott Bagwell um, either on the way or already in Mobile where Auburn High will be taking on Baker in the 7A playoffs. We'll need to get a Auburn High School basketball question or two in with Scott because that season has started as yep. well, and, and he knows uh, – he knows a thing or two about that roster. Oh yes, yes he does. But anyway, so we'll have we'll have Scott and then Sonny Smith in hour number one tomorrow, and then Coach Don Dunn in hour number two oh, tomorrow. All right, let's let's uh, remind you of what I was going on. I had things a little confused. I knew where games would be. I just was I was con- uh, confused as to. When we all are, these games we are playing, be. we are playing the radio equivalent of hide the peanut or uh, the three card Monty, right? Like we are shuffling around. We are, we are we are carrying live sporting events everywhere uh, around make, around the the stations. We should make Drew do the it. Family we should make Drew tell on the family of Auburn Network right now. What's going to be on every single station and see if he gets it right? A quiz for Drew. As the uh, as look, the, Drew's been under the weather. No, that's I'm, true. Drew, uh, all right, so so let's start starting tonight. Yes, yeah, starting start tonight. tonight because tonight, Lee Scott uh, hosts Fort Dale Academy in the semifinals in AISA playoffs, and uh, 
that ball game, normally on AU100, will move over to Tiger Country 104.5. Right, Tiger Country 104.5. Because. Which, yes, and that's, that's because we have Auburn women's basketball tonight on AU100, second game of the season for Johnny Harris, who had a birthday uh, this week. Uh, happy birthday, uh, Coach Jay. Uh, they won the opener against Jacksonville State. Yeah, one big, one by this 29. Week. They, will host a, uh, they, they will host a top half of the Sun Belt team uh, tonight at Neville Arena, Louisiana. Gary Broadhead uh, has won the league at Louisiana in the past. He has a veteran team uh, with a couple of girls that were on that uh, 2021 uh, conference championship team. So, yeah, Auburn has a, a challenge on their hands tonight, the women do, as they welcome in uh, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, out of the Sun Belt. That game will be on AU100, which is where you can hear uh, most Auburn women's basketball games. I think, I think we're going to try to carry every Auburn women's basketball game on AU100 this mm -hmm. season. So tonight's game will be on AU100, Auburn and Louisiana, live from Neville Arena. So that is, uh, th that is where you will find... Uh, a couple of big local events this evening. And then tomorrow, uh, you've got Auburn High, as I mentioned. Scott Bagwell will join us to talk about Auburn and Baker. That will be on Wings 94.3. There's Auburn men's basketball also. So it will be right here on ESPN 106.7. That's right. Auburn and SLU, southeastern Louisiana. Southeastern as See, a, they, well, the Lions. They, why, why isn't it S-E-L-U? It was going to be southeastern Louisiana. Because I mean, they, S should be southern. They spell southeastern as one word. So that, that's, that's well, the explanation that's, that's, for why it's that's, SLU. That's Louisiana. They use, that's Louisiana for you. They, they use, yeah. So, so They're like, lucky. I mean, I called I'm the South surprised there's not an, it's, it's not E-A-U-S-T-E-R-N. We, 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 were, we were talking about this off the air. Southeastern is one of these. So sometimes if you actually read the media notes that schools, and, and a lot of them are, well written and, and informative. They helped me as as a broadcaster sure. getting ready for some of the you know familiarizing myself with a uh, uh, with an opposing team's roster, and you learn the preferred uh, nomenclature, the preferred names that schools like to uh, like to be referred to in, in the media. Southeastern Louisiana, uh, you can you can say Southeastern Louisiana University, uh, but the short the preferred shorthands are SLU or Southeastern. Those are, the, those are the two things. If you're not going to say well, southeastern. Well, if you're in Louisiana, that makes perfect sense. When when you're this far east of Louisiana and you say southeastern, uh, I don't I don't necessarily attach that to the like, state of Louisiana. Like a, a paragraph from the uh, from the preview <laughs> of of their uh, of you know from, from LionSports.net. Southeastern is coming off a season opening ninety to seventy one win over Delta State. SLU shot 62.1% mm -hmm. in the win. So, like, those are the two things. That's, that if you're, and, and so um, that's fine. They can refer yeah. to themselves like that all they want. You're, you're going to call them whatever you want. Uh, prob I, yeah, I, I will. SLU's easy enough. SLU's okay. I still think it, uh, you know. I think, I think their concern is that southeastern Louisiana seems either. It's long. It it's, takes too long to say. And I think they're also, you know, but there's probably a concern that you don't want people to think you're the school from the water boy. Right, like if it's a, a directional, a directional, they are school, a directional in school in Louisiana. Like, isn't, isn't that? I'm yeah, sorry, they are. Isn't that what, I mean, right, I forget who the Mud Dogs were. They should have uh, just called. Are they? Are, was I right? Are they in Hammond? Hammond, Louisiana. Okay. Well done. I Bill. mean, they could just be Hammond. We we thought uh, T.J. Finley has a, a relative on the southeastern team, right? Because we were talking about yeah, that was, there was, that was there a place. Was, there was a thought that that's might that might be where he wound up. Instead, he's in the Sun Belt playing mm -hmm. uh, playing pretty well there at Texas State. Yes, yes, he is. All right, we're just getting underway. We'd love for you to join in. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to get into the conversation of what we're going to call Auburn's opponent. Um, just uh, 
Anything you want to talk about sports-wise. Auburn, Arkansas. I think that was, that was some solid information. It was. For folks who are going to go tomorrow night. No, I mean, you can call them. You can call them. I don't, well, I don't know that you can call them anything you ten, want. I, I guess you can. How about this? You, you maybe want a, not to their face. You want, you want a little bit more? How about ten, uh, six Southeastern players scored ten or more uh, in their win That's on Monday. That's pretty strong. So, uh, you know, Auburn. Who was it they beat? They beat Delta State okay. at, at home in the, uh, in the opener. That was a... Uh, uh, that was a 90 to 71 win uh, in the Pride Roofing University Center, which is uh, apparently their uh, their home gym. Oh, okay. All right. Um, we'd love for you to join in as we get underway. Again, uh, we'll talk with Justin Ferguson around the bottom of the hour. Our phone lines are open 334 321 1390. That is the Drive Hotline presented by Skybar. You can also text the show 334 564 1840 on the Drive text box. That's presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Let's get to the uh, drive hotline, and Jones gets us going here on this Thursday. Hey, Jones. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Jones wants to tell you what's going to happen Saturday in Pigville. All right. All right, with Keys back and solid, and Eugene Assassin, our linebacking crew is going to stop the run. You're going to see Keldrick Falk step up like you haven't seen him all year. Thorne's going to have his best game because Thorne now has confidence and he's not looking over his shoulder or to the sidelines for somebody coming in on a third and one and replacing him. He is now the solid leader of that team. And Jarquez is going to rock for about 140, and Auburn's going to win by 10. I'm really – you know, we've, I've been saying all week, Jones, that the whether or not Auburn can stop – whether or not Arkansas can run the ball when Auburn is overplaying the run – it is you know it might it might end up being the story of the game right because if Arkansas mm-hmm. can run against Arkansas the, can run Auburn's in big big trouble now if if Auburn can make it a game of you know can can uh, KJ Jefferson complete you know enough passes against a pretty good Auburn secondary you feel like that might be advantage Auburn but if Arkansas can get it going on the ground you know it it just feels like it could be a really tough task for Auburn to do enough offensively to keep up with them. Of course, if Auburn can get things going on mm-hmm. the ground, it's going to be very difficult for Arkansas because they have they have struggled stopping the pass. How, how do you play the Auburn offense after these last couple of weeks? I do you still, still, think, do you I still, still think I'll tell you what, what needs to happen. Now, here's what I would do, and they've not done it all year. Don't do the Gus first play up the middle two-yard game. They need the first play of the game on offense. Thorne needs to put the ball in the belly, pull it out, and run a la mm-hmm. Knicks get about six or seven. The second play, put the ball in the belly and run to the other side. The third play, put the ball in the belly and hit uh, Fairweather. Don't be typical Auburn running up the gut and and what I call it the demoralized play, Colin, which Gus used to do. You get the crowd into the game too quick. And I really believe Thorne needs to tuck that ball and run a few more times than he's been doing because he's got the ability to get Auburn a lot of first downs and yards rather than just handing the ball off each and every time. Jones, it's so it's tempting for an Auburn offense that feels good about its tailback and its interior run game to want to test a defense immediately, that first play, right, and see, well, let's give them a body blow, and if, if you break one, you know that it's probably advantage you all day long. You're right. If, if a defense can stop that, you're playing from behind the rest of the drive, you know, right? If, if it's second and nine or second and eight, you suddenly find yourself a little bit behind schedule. We, were, we noticed earlier in the year, Peyton Thorne has been at his best on first and ten, like that. I mean, oh yes, you... passing the ball, um, and, and Auburn threw the ball a little bit more. Has thrown it more on first down the last couple of weeks as well, 
And one of the things Hugh Freeze talked about this week was how much he really wants, how much he works on scheming explosive plays. And, uh, yeah, that, that makes me think that it's not always just going to be a straight dive on first down. Gotcha. And I think Arkansas is going to be preparing for Auburn to run the ball. That's why the first couple of plays just take it outside just to loosen it up. And furthermore, I think on, on your point, Bill, if Arkansas tries to run the ball, Auburn's going to get two turnovers just from pounding the running back. It's my opinion. And the last thing I'll say is Ward Dan Eagles. Love the show. Appreciate it, Jones. I hope I hope you are right. I, I have been very nervous about this ball game if you, all week. I've had people trying to convince me, don't worry, it's nothing. Auburn's going to go in there and roll. I hope hope they're right. Oh, I it's, just, it's something. I mean, I, I expect a close. I think it's going to be close in the fourth quarter. Like that's that's where I am on this game now. Who now where, who's who does that who does that favor? We'll see how the game plays out. Auburn to, has you know it's funny. I keep hearing people say, oh, you know, Auburn has struggled there. Auburn's won four of the last five in Fayetteville, and the only loss was the overtime loss. No, Auburn, Auburn hasn't. I mean, I mean, Arkansas won handily last year, like that game, and, and in the second half, Arkansas was pulling away. Uh, you know, as as they as Auburn couldn't stop mm-hmm. the run, but no, Auburn's Auburn's been. You know, uh, Auburn's been pretty good against Arkansas, like post Tuberville, right? Especially, yeah. this, I mean, this well, pretty much everyone in the conference has been pretty good against Arkansas. I saw a stat, uh, and this I have not verified this on social media, Bill. I have not verified this. I got, I got, <laughs> I I've not asked social media to verify this for okay. me. Okay, um, there, there are other ways of verifying. Arkansas twenty one, uh, twenty one and seventy two in their last ninety three conference games. And that's golly, that, that's a lot of conference games. That, that would be twelve years. That's since Missouri joined the league. Someone, someone yeah, okay. compared. Someone this compa- would be the twelfth year for you to get was, 90, 93 games. Somebody because you play eight a year. Somebody in the it was it was uh, the record uh, in in conference. They have had some Ar- bad bad years yeah. since <laughs> uh, since Missouri joined the league. It was something like I think Missouri has forty conference wins and Arkansas has twenty three. It's like it, it's something like that. Yeah. And I know, oh, I know Missouri, Missouri's played for an SEC title. And Arkansas had that really brutal stretch with oh, yeah. uh, with Chad Morris. The end, well, the end of Belama. Yeah, and and Chad Morris and the beginning of Belama was no great shakes either because you had that season with uh, you had the John L. Smith season. In there, where they where they were uh, uh, where they were near near the bottom of the league as well. So I mean, it's been a it's been a surprisingly tough stretch for an Arkansas because I remember, right? You remember McFadden and and uh, Matt, Matt Jones. Jones, Fred Talley, right? right? The first first Fred Talley mention of the week uh, here on the show. But but it's uh, like you know games like that in the in in the two thousands. And uh, Rocket Sanders had a pretty good game against Auburn last year. Oh, Rocket Sanders in Rocket Sanders and KJ Jefferson are. A very very dangerous. Mm-hmm. I mean that, that that as a, I mean again it comes down to can you stop can you stop that on the ground like because because it feels like I don't want to simplify it too much, Bill. But when you have KJ Jefferson and Rocket Sanders in your backfield, if I'm if you're the opposing defense, you want Arkansas to throw the ball right because sure you because, do and, and and that's what our, and Arkansas was playing right into everybody's hands by trying to do that by trying to keep KJ Jefferson more in the pocket and throwing the ball more, <clears throat> especially, as many folks have um, have mentioned, with an inexperienced offensive line because young offensive linemen are generally going to be better at just run blocking yeah. than the techniques of pass, pass pro. And I don't know what the um, – and, and, I, and I don't know, like, exactly what in, – in the case of like, – I don't, I don't know what the right balance is because you don't want to be a team that overwhelmingly runs the ball and becomes predictable, but you also don't want to play – 
to your weaknesses. Yeah, but and, if you're running it, if you're running it with a with a mobile quarterback who is, um, you know, intentionally running it or you know creating things, it's not quite the same as just handing off all the time yeah, either. It's it's interesting to see how Arkansas decides to attack because mm-hmm. you have to you have to sort of. I mean, it's, it's a little bit how, like how many how many passes did uh, Jefferson throw last week against the Gators? I th- I want to say he was th- twenty one of thirty one sounds right, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna double check that and see if uh, if if that's all right. Well, we'll look that up and and some other things again. Justin Ferguson going to be joining us around the bottom of the hour. We'll get to our first break here of the show. Love for you to join us here on the Thursday Drive. For one night only. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Into The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls. And love for you to join in. 334-321-1390. That is The Drive hotline. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise seems like the you know, the, the Michigan story continues to be the top college sports story. Do, do you do you subscribe to the belief? I guess Michigan put out the statement a little ominous. What, threatening uh, well, just, legal action? Well, no, suggesting that the NCAA or the Big Ten doesn't understand how widespread these practices are. Oh, I, I think this thing is going to get nasty. Really, really nasty. I think uh, I, I'm... I'm not surprised at all that Michigan would have information on other people doing it. I think the college football playoff committee is desperate for someone to beat Michigan. Oh, you take, know it. They'd love Penn State to hands. knock them off this yeah. week uh, because it's not going to be settled anytime Could soon. Could you see this? How about this? If it comes down to one spot left in the playoff and it's Michigan or another team. If Mich- Michigan, had, Michigan had better have the by far – like suppose, like suppose Michigan loses at Penn State on Saturday, and then and wins, then beats and then, Ohio and, State, and then wins out. And you got a one-loss Michigan team, and you got to decide. It would be it would be tough. It, I'm sure I'm sure that you know with without seeing the formulas that go into selecting this, that uh, there could be a way where they're not there. Right? No, because I I mean I would have said at the beginning of the season, no way Michigan loses a beauty pageant to another team. If you know if there's one spot left in the playoff. Now? Yeah, I don't no, know. If, but yeah. if you're the committee and you could either take Oregon or Michigan. Because you know that's all that's going to be talked about uh, with whoever they're playing. Yeah, I mean, if you got if you got one spot, if you got two spots in the playoff, and like let's say Georgia and Florida State went out, and you got two spots left in the playoff, and you got one loss Michigan, one loss Texas, and one loss Oregon, and you got to leave one of those schools out. Yeah, I'd say Michigan is toast. I think so, too. <laughs> I think so, too. And I think it has a lot to do with the headlines. Yeah, it doesn't of, have to do with what happened on the field. No. I, I think that – and I mean, so Michigan, I, I would say if you want to make the playoff, you better not uh, – you know, I mean, don't don't leave it up to the hands of the uh, of the voters. They better take care of business so, on the field. So, I mean, do you, wa- <laughs> did, you know, do you wonder how that could be affecting them as they get ready to go to uh, Penn State this week? On the field, uh, maybe. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know. Like that. That's one where I, I, I I've wonder. Got, I've got a feeling they play really well Saturday. Yeah, I mean, ro- road game at Penn State's tough either way. I mean, this is this is the toughest game Michigan has played all season, and you know they've still got Ohio State coming up. But like this is this is a you know this this is a dangerous this is a dangerous uh, opponent for a team like Michigan. So uh, yeah, I think if if they lose on Saturday, people will maybe jump to the conclusion that it had something to do with. Uh, with with the you know distractions and stuff like that, but 
I mean, they, they could look. They could lose. They could lose straight up to Penn State. Distractions, distractions aside. I mean, Penn State's a uh, Penn State's a, a high quality opponent, and that that's a really tough place to play. It is, although it just seems like that uh, James Franklin will will find a way not quite to make it to the you know <laughs> to the um, to the playoffs. Is there? Is there, I mean, this is we were talking about last week with Alabama LSU, like that was a week where the SEC was, and especially the biggest game. I mean, you had Georgia Missouri too. Like you had two SEC teams, you know, four two four game two, four teams, two games that were, you know, really the you know as big as anything going on in college football. Mm-hmm. This week, I mean, Ole Miss Georgia is a game between two top ten teams. It is. It just feels like you know, Ole Miss. Ole Miss feels like a prohibitive underdog. Well, they are, and 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 that one. Do you think you think the um, the news today could could play a factor with? I don't know if Lane pays any attention. Well, if Lane pays a lot of attention to to many many things. But the lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. The the audio that came out today. Uh, I mean, there will there there will be. I mean, that is uh, that that's being heavily scrutinized. And and it's ob- obvious uh, that Lane didn't record that, but I mean that's uh, I don't re- I really don't know how how much to jump on one side or the other with that. I mean, what Lane said to him around the words that we can't air on on this radio station was true, though that if you don't. If you don't contact the coaches for an extended period of time, you can be removed from the team. Right, and, and it, it comes down to, uh, I, I mean, how, how much? Uh, I mean, it, it's it's, were, it's it's tricky because yeah, it's, it's a because, question of you know were they not did were they were they not paying attention or caring about the young man's mental health, or did they not know and because they didn't know could. Let him go. Right. And Bill, you you manage you manage employees of roughly the same age as college football players. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone vanished for an extended period of time and then told you that it was because of their mental health, like, I probably I mean, would have uh, terminated them from employment in the in the meantime. In the meantime, but I mean, it would be. So, and I'd I'd feel really badly that if that were the case. But there are other things that. That have to be done in the meantime, right? And so I, it's a, um, it, I, I would say it's it's complicated. Like it, and, yes, and it's it is. A, it's it's a thing that I, I um, yeah, we'll see if it we'll see if it impacts. I just wondered, I, you know, I just wonder, just having something else on his mind. This game sort of strikes me as the game now that Ole Miss has almost been counted out by people. They're not, you know, they're they're uh, they're not going to win. They're they're not going to win the West unless Alabama loses to Kentucky and Auburn, and Ole Miss wins out. Um, but if they were to win out, <coughs> an eleven, I'll tell you an what, 11-1 Ole Miss, an eleven and with one, a win over Georgia, an eleven and one Ole Miss team with a win in Athens, uh, with their only and, and a win over LSU, right? Uh, you know the the only loss being and a win over Tulane, which is a pretty nice win over a Group of Five team. That, you know, I don't know how many teams in you know in, in major college football have a win like that at the Group of Five level. If if an Ole Miss team like that, I mean, if things start to collapse for some of the teams in playoff position now. Maybe the committee takes a look at an eleven and one Ole Miss team if there's a spot for them. Hmm. I mean, you yeah, need, yeah. You I mean, probably need two lost conference champions at that point, right? Like you'd need some of these teams at the top to start. Probably you need another Texas, 
You need another Texas loss. Yeah, because, I mean, if they can't make it to the SEC title game and are 11-1, and one, they're probably somewhere in the five or six range. I mean, could, could, could an 11-1 and one Ole Miss team with a win Saturday get in over, you know, like a, a one-loss ACC champion? Like, I mean, th- those are the sorts of, like, I, what, would the, what would the committee and what would the numbers yeah, maybe. say? About, yeah, maybe. Like, maybe. Maybe. I mean, if, if Florida State slipped up, you, right. know, you know, tomorrow maybe, or on Saturday against, uh, against, against Drew's beloved Hurricanes, maybe? I mean, there's, there's – uh, they've, you know, they've done it before. They've done, they've done it before. <laughs> Florida, Florida State, younger viewers may not, you know, yeah. may not understand. Like, uh, Florida State teams that have had the – uh, that, have, that have had the national championship in front of them. Absolutely, have seen that have seen that fall apart in Miami before. So, uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think Ole Miss, Ole Miss is it's unlikely that they will be SEC champion. But I, I still, I have the feeling that ball game in Athens is going to be closer than the Alabama Kentucky game in Lexington. Kentucky just feels outclassed uh, in a way. I agree. At, the, at the key spots, it's going to be really mm-hmm. tough. For, now look, maybe Kentucky throws a couple of punches early. And they can get on the board. Devin Leary has a game, the game of his life. They've got a chance. I wonder if you just, I, I wonder if you just open fire and say we're gonna, we're gonna throw it more than we've thrown it all season long and try to win this one with Devin Leary. That's, that's, I think that's what you have to do to beat, to beat Alabama. The pro- problem is that's a pretty good Alabama secondary. Yeah, it's gonna be trying to take that is. ball away. Well, and Devin Leary may be, you know, carried off the field as, 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 as has happened a couple of times yes, this indeed. year with the quarterbacks facing Alabama. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. We're going to. Uh, Effort uh, Justin Ferguson, who should be in Fayetteville. We will uh, talk with him about his his trips. Boy, he has been all over the place from the f- Nashville to South Dakota to Fayetteville, Arkansas, just in the last week. That's right. Frequent flyer <laughs> Ferg That's jo- it. joining us, the Triple F, joining us uh, when, we, uh, when we come back here on the drive. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Thursday Drive. Bill and Dan here in the studio with Drew at the controls. And our our regular fourth uh, here in the studio has been uh, all across the country here in the last week as we welcome in uh, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Yeah, Dan uh, coining the frequent flyer Ferg as as he was talking about you a minute the ago. Trip, the triple F, baby. How you doing, Ferg? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, you know, just living the dream in an airport Marriott, uh, you know, outside of Atlanta. It's just, just, the, just the perfect time. No, it, it's been a great week and uh, looking forward to – Getting to Arkansas this weekend and heading up to Brooklyn next week. So how much um, time? A lot, of, a lot of fun stuff. How much time are you going to have in Fayetteville? Like, what's the uh, what's the schedule up there? Not not very much time in Fayetteville itself. Um, for those of you who go to this game, you can you you probably know how expensive it can be flying into Northwest Arkansas. Um, so we are flying into Tulsa. We are covering the Auburn uh, Southeastern Louisiana home opener. Uh, won't be there in person, but we'll be covering that from a hotel room tomorrow night and, and just getting to the game on Saturday during the day. So we'll be in we'll be in Tulsa for probably most of most of this trip. But uh, I do enjoy Fayetteville. I really like that area. I've done it a bunch of times, uh, so I wasn't too upset about 
um, you know, not hanging out in Fayetteville, even though I do enjoy uh, enjoy it. It was just tougher to do with the scheduling and the and the money this this time around. All right, before before we get into uh, any of the games that and you that you've been to here <laughs> and are going to, just just briefly give everybody. I, I want everybody just to imagine the the map of the continental United States and <laughs> and what all you have done because you left Auburn, went to. Went to Atlanta, right? Flew from Atlanta yep. to where? To Sioux Falls? Could you fly right in? Well, no, you went to Nashville first. That's right. Yeah, I went to Na- yeah, yeah, went to Nashville uh, last Friday. Got you, there Friday night. You drove to Nashville, right? So you, so you, yes. All right, so you, so you drove, drove from Auburn to Nashville. Then mm-hmm. all right, go. Let's so. so I've just, got a big map here, Justin. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna we're gonna put pins in the map while you're doing this. All right, so I uh, drove to Nashville, like I said, covered the game. Sunday, I drove from Nashville to Atlanta because I had an early morning flight on Monday uh, from Atlanta to Denver. Changed planes in, in Denver and went from Denver to Sioux Falls. I don't think there's a direct flight between Atlanta and Sioux Falls, so I had to go through Denver. Um, was in there uh, for a couple of days. Really enjoyed Sioux Falls. Uh, nice nice city. Um, the area around where the arena was was very, was very nice. Gorgeous-looking um, hey, gorgeous arena on television. Yeah, yeah, very, really, very really interesting. Cool. Very, a very interesting spot. Um, I thought the city was great. I'll tell you what it kind of reminded me of, especially the downtown area. Kind of reminded me if you took kind of like what they're doing in Columbus, trying to like you know re- revitalize, you know, redevelop their downtown area with the river going right there. Um, it kind of felt like if you took Columbus, Georgia, and kind of dropped it in South Dakota. And the funny thing is, is they're very similar in size in terms of population. Uh, after you know seeing that, but. Uh, yesterday, um, flew from Sioux Falls back to Colorado, uh, changed planes in Denver, and then back in Atlanta. I uh, got in here uh, about two o'clock this morning in Atlanta, uh, and then you know hanging out in a in an airport hotel, um, you know resting and and working. And then tomorrow we get on the flight uh, to Tulsa, go to the Arkansas game, come back on Sunday, and then next Wednesday. So by the time I'm talking to y'all next week, I will be in New York uh, for the basketball games up there. So. Kind of going all over the place. Didn't hit, hadn't hit the full West Coast, but I've kind of gone over everything else. So, so I can say a little bit about. I know, and, and this is more Auburn Observer podcast territory here, Justin. But I've I've been a I've been an advocate of the Brahms fast food chain uh, before. Mm-hmm. They have, I think, they have like a million of them in Tulsa because it's an Oklahoma Texas yeah. thing. I know they they have one in Fayetteville too. But if you get a chance, one of the better fast food burgers you ever in town. Outstanding milkshakes too. I guess they own the they own the farms. That's their big deal. Tulsa's also got some really nice spots around the river there. I think the Arkansas River runs through town, yep. and like they've got a, uh, they got some nice uh, like riverside parks and stuff too. So I don't, I don't know how much time you've ever spent in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but uh, but yeah, there's some there's some cool things to see. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit of time in Tulsa. I had I had some really good barbecue last time I was in Tulsa. I might go in that direction again tomorrow because I'll be traveling with uh, Jason Caldwell and, and Nathan King. And if you know anything about traveling, Jason, Jason, Jason knows. Jason, yeah, Jason Absolutely. knows where to go, and it's usually going to be barbecue if, if 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 it's a good spot somewhere in the area. So, I'm looking. I am looking forward to that. So, so let's. You want to start with? Let's the, start uh, with the first stop on his travels. You want you want to go with what? You want to go to Vanderbilt Nashville. game? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was. I mean, the Vanderbilt game feels like it was a while ago. It does, but, but it's only it's only been five days ago. <laughs> That's yeah. right. what. What do you think of how the team played uh, in Nashville against the Commodores? I really think outside of the drops uh, and then the pick six, uh, I think Auburn played a really good game. Um, you look at, um, you know, you look at Peyton Thorne. He had a really good adjusted completion percentage, um, which is if you take out the drops, just how, how good you did throwing the ball to, to your guys, uh, what's dependent on the quarterback. 
had back-to-back adjusted completion percentages of well over 85%. That's the first time an Auburn quarterback has done that in a decade. I, I would be I would be surprised to see if Auburn's had a quarterback do that. Uh, you know, going back, it, it is pretty impressive doing that, especially against two SEC opponents. I know State and Vanderbilt have struggled this year, but you know it was much better than what they had been. The pick six was bad. Everybody knows that. Um, but to get that, you know, to get that ability to stretch the field in the second half through the air was big. I thought Jarko was Hunter ripping off those early runs was good. Auburn's running games been kind of boomer bust. They make mistakes, you know, they get gummed up at the line of scrimmage a lot. But Hunter is playing with such a burst of speed and great patience, great explosiveness right now that I wrote about it last Saturday. It's like, okay, if you you you, you would love to be efficient and explosive on offense in college football, but if you can't be both be one of them, and the better one is to be explosive. And Auburn definitely was that against Vanderbilt. Defensively, outside of that one touchdown drive, thought Auburn played excellently on the defensive side of the ball. Got stops. Again, this is not a pretty dominant defense between the 20s, but, man, they get off the field, and they force turnovers, and they get, they get stops. And I think Ron Roberts, I've said it a few times the last couple of weeks, I think Ron Roberts is doing one of the better coaching jobs I can remember covering from Auburn just because this defense is better than the sum of its parts. They just mm-hmm. they play really well together and they get off the field and it doesn't matter if they're they don't rack up style points. Um, they just do a good job of keeping keeping scores low. And I was worried about a drop off in the front seven because so much of the production last year came from Colby Wooden yeah. and Derek Hall and Owen Papo who aren't on the team anymore, but they've done a really nice job not just sustaining but maybe even building on what the front seven could do last year. You yeah. mentioned you mentioned the explosive plays, Justin and Bill, what was the what was the stat about like the, I mean, oh, this... Auburn has had uh, their their ratio of explosive plays is the best that they've had since 2014. Wow. Yeah. No. I mean. I mean. It is. It is what you signed up for when you wanted a, a Hugh Freeze Philip Montgomery offense, right? Yeah. You that... want to be able to hit hit big play stretch. But that's the one thing I've kept saying is like the thing that has held Auburn back from being a true contender uh, in college football these this last really the last five six seven years has been the lack of explosive plays in the air. And you're definitely going to get it in the running game. Um, and they've done that you know, in the last few seasons. But to get that with a passing attack that isn't perfect, it's got a long way to go. I mean, you know, you're not going to sit here and say that Peyton Thorns looked like a Heisman contender the last two weeks, but improved play and guys just making play and taking advantage of bad defenses. I, I think about it, you know, people were saying like, well, it's Vanderbilt. Well, it's Mississippi State. Okay, I get it. But like Auburn played some bad defenses earlier in the year. Cal, LSU, and weren't able to move the ball nearly as effective as they are right now. So better late than never, and uh, they're, you know, they're doing a good, good job of stretching the field, and it can be a really good foundation to build on moving forward. Yeah, the explosive play ratio's got to be getting a whole lot better because it, I, it didn't seem like they were coming that quickly early this season. I believe the number is Auburn's averaging a 30-plus yard play uh, like every 24.8 or 9 snaps. Yeah, uh, that's 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 good. That's really really efficient. And I and I and I know we'll probably talk about uh, the Arkansas game here later. But if you look at Arkansas defense, Travis Williams has done solid defense, not great, but solid. And when they're good, when they're on, they're playing well. They do have a tendency to give up some big plays, especially on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, their 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 big play rate on the ground is pretty is pretty pretty high this season. And that's maybe the most concerning thing about a matchup with Arkansas, right? I mean, we're just looking at it. Last week, Arkansas. Uh, KJ and Rocket Sanders combined for just about 200 yards on the ground against Florida. Uh, they've they've maybe gone back to what they feel are the strengths of this Arkansas offense, and now it's a question of can they run the ball even against an Auburn defense that's maybe expecting them to run the ball? 
Yeah, I know. I mean, I think this is going to be a, a good test for Auburn's defense for sure. Um, they've done a good job of getting off the field. Uh, we have seen, like, it, it's kind of been Jekyll and Hyde. You know, I think you can look at it, it's like three good games from maybe two good games from KJ Jefferson this year, but they were two, against two of the worst defenses in the SEC uh, and, you know, by extension, the country. A solid one against Ole Miss, you know, decent game, had some mistakes, had some big picks in that one. Uh, and then some really bad performances um, in, in losses where they weren't very competitive. And so I think for, for Auburn, it's just can you make K.J. Jefferson look more like the K.J. Jefferson who has struggled against quality defense this year. Now, K.J. Jefferson, if you play bad defense, he can make you pay. And I do think Dan Enos never really made sense for me as a fit for them at, at offensive coordinator. And I think kind of going back to – some of the stuff that they had done in years past with him and Rocket, I think, were really helpful. I would expect Arkansas will be able to move the ball some against against Auburn for sure. It's just can Auburn continue to be really good in the red zone, really good at forcing turnovers, really good on third downs, like uh, you know, doing a great job of rushing the passer. Something I wrote about earlier this week. Arkansas and Alabama, the two games they have left in SEC play, those are the two worst teams in the SEC at giving up sacks this year. And you look at Auburn. Best game of the season for their pass rush against Vandy two weeks ago against or a few weeks ago against Ole Miss had a really good game as well. If they can kind of click like that um, and, and make Jefferson pay, he has struggled against quality defenses. Uh, I just think Auburn just has to be a quality defense of its own and do it on the road, and they have done that this season. Yeah, you we just got to see, and I heard it. I heard uh, someone that covers Arkansas talking about it earlier. You know, they're they're feel much better after getting the win down in Gainesville last sure. week, but they're wondering is, you know, is he going to be able to continue doing that? Sure. They're glad that they made the change from Dan Enos to, to uh, Kenny Guyton, but mm-hmm. with the questions they have on the offensive line, can they really go back to being that Auburn Auburn sure hoping the answer is no. Correct. And I think, you know, I writing this for the mailbag tomorrow. Somebody asked me what the biggest key to this game was. I think it's quarterback play in general. Um, can can Auburn make KJ Jefferson look like more of the struggling KJ Jefferson? On the flip side, can Peyton Thorne keep it up and do it in a true road game? Which mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they didn't play a road game last week at Vanderbilt. I you know I was there. There, was, there were plenty more Auburn fans there than the Vandy fans. Um, you look at it, but like you know, for Auburn, it's four game losing streak. The other team had a clear advantage at quarterback, and that was a big difference in the win and the loss. Last two weeks, Auburn's been better at quarterback. And the better team, it's one. If they can keep that going against Arkansas, I'm not saying they got to blow out, you know, the quarterback matchup. Or, you know, uh, I'm not saying he's got you got to go in there and throw for 400 yards. But I don't think Auburn can afford having another tough, you know, lackluster game through the air against this Arkansas team because they've got a pretty solid run defense. Give up more through the air, mm-hmm. you just got to step up. It's another opportunity where you look at a defense that is that has taken their lumps through the air and say, hey. We got to go out there and do it, and so for Peyton Thorne, I think it's going to be huge. You know, can you come out there and, and make those type of plays? And if you can outperform what Arkansas is getting from their quarterback at home, I think you go a long way in Auburn getting this win. And the other thing to keep in mind is that the the Arkansas fans, their last memory there at that, you know, there at home was being shut down by Mississippi State. And if Auburn could yep. do some, if Auburn could do some damage early. I think oh, yeah. that I think that that could uh, that that could really help as far as atmosphere wise. I wonder, you know, how how excited the Arkansas fan base is right now. I think they they may be looking more at basketball, and if Auburn could do something mm-hmm. early on, I think they could uh, really keep that from being a hostile environment. 
Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, sit here and say that it's impossible. But you got to look at what Arkansas's got left to play for. They got to win out to make a ball game, and they got FIU next week, so they need to beat Auburn. I believe they end the year in the battle line game against Missouri. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be tough the way Missouri's been playing this season. So, I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see what the vibes are. If Auburn comes in, gets off to a hot start, they could take that crowd out of the game, have some very disgruntled fans, and even if they, you know, won that that game against Florida last week, just sit there and say, okay, well, that was. I was just kind of a dead cat bounce from from firing your uh, offensive coordinator. You know, I, I think that's huge. Like you get off, get off to a really good start. Try to take the crowd out of it. Try to take the energy out of it. And we've seen, you know, even though it's gotten a little testy at times, Auburn's done well playing with a lead after getting off a good start the last couple of weeks. Justin Ferguson for the Auburn Observer with us. Uh, Fer, can you hang on so we can talk a little basketball? Absolutely. All right, we will uh, talk basketball with Justin Ferguson when we come back here on the Thursday Drive. Martha Hank Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final few minutes of hour number one. Bill and Dan here in the studio. We got Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer with us on the drive hotline uh justin um auburn a tough loss but i i thought there's a lot you can gain from that uh, loss to baylor the other night yeah i mean i think outside of the result it was it was an awesome game for auburn and obviously the result's the most important thing uh and bruce pearl was very upset very disappointed after you know losing that game when you were up by nine at the half you're up by a few possessions late in the game like you know it's definitely disappointing auburn could have won that game but man Auburn's offense, I mean, took a big step forward, and uh, they're doing a lot of new stuff. I wrote about it uh, in the film room, which you can check out at the Observer uh, today. Um, a lot of new five-out stuff with Janai Broom, uh, and and hey, Dylan Cardwell. Dylan Cardwell played a really good game. He really game. did. D- Dylan Cardwell had four assists. Uh, the big man who is not a face-up play-making big man, more like Janai Broom is, uh, definitely had a great game uh, in that in that regard. It just you saw an Auburn offense that has flashers and shooters that can take advantage of the spacing that they can create by having a five-out offense. I think, you know, again as as I wrote earlier today, you know, there was a little tidbit in there from Fran Fraschilla during the game that said Bruce Pearl studied a bunch of European basketball this off-season, uh, and and you can kind of see the benefits of it. I mean, Janai Brooms kind of got a Euro center kind of game to him. They mm-hmm. really did a good job of facilitating it. Thought Aiden Holloway was terrific. I thought Denver Jones was terrific. Um, Auburn didn't get much from the three and four. Yeah, uh, they they need to they need to get more some more production out of those guys. But like they they did a great job of um, you know slashing at times and making some plays on the defensive end. Just got it. You know the whistle did not go their way in the second half for sure. That's something they're going to have to tighten up and and, and live with. Um, You know, got to get better in that area. But I mean, the offense being that much better against a Baylor team that I think is going to be one of the better teams, not only in the Big 12, but in the entire country this year. I mean, that's a, that's a really good sign. Um, that is about as high quality of a loss as you can take, and I think Auburn's going to learn from the negatives and be able to accentuate the positives. And, I mean, guys, I, I'll be honest, I don't know if Auburn's going to play a better team than Baylor until they maybe play Tennessee, maybe if USC stays hot. But, I mean, for Auburn, I thought that was a really good – tone setter for the season it's one, it's one of the better I mean the fact that you can compete as long as Auburn did with a Baylor team lead them for for most of the game 
Like, I think that's a, a, a good sign because, like you said, Baylor's probably in the top tier of teams Auburn will face in the regular season this year. I do wonder how much of the of the offensive philosophy change there is Bruce watching European basketball and how much of it is, I mean, Janai Broom over, I mean, yeah. from, from the last time we saw him, seems to have added, and he hit some shots down the stretch last year too. He seems to have added some wrinkles to his game that, yeah. that you know, that, that encourage a, an offense to, to evolve and change and, and figure out how to get maximum use well, out of him. Well, I think you look at it, it's like, yeah, he's gotten better at being a stretch five as a face-up five. Um, and you can run, I mean, think about the spacing. If your center doesn't have to be parked under the goal all the time to be effective, it changes a lot about your offense. And Auburn's going to do things like those zoom actions, those dribble handoffs, those back, you know, those, those back screens, those pin down screens. They're going to do a lot of that, that stuff, including a lot of the flex cuts and a lot of the options that we have seen Bruce Pearl teams run in the past. They're just going to have much more space because their center's you know, not, you know, they're not having to play their big men right close to the basket, and their and their wings, their guards and their wings, and even their big men can step back and shoot three. So that if they drive, and you you know you you're, you're worried about the kick out, they can they can score downhill. And if you collapse and you're and you're trying to slow down the the driving ability, you can kick out and hit those shots. It's just Auburn has more threats on offense than they did last year. I think they've got an offense that's kind of built around those strengths. Um, Defensively, tough game uh, for sure. But I mean, Baylor's about as Baylor's about as good as you're going to play uh, on the uh, on the offensive end. Auburn had a great start in the first half uh, on offense. Just fouled too much in, in in the second half. But man, holding your own and rebounding and turnovers against a team like Baylor, that's that's pretty impressive. Outstanding, and they're going to be a fun team to watch. Justin, let everybody know how they can keep up with everything you got going. AuburnObserver.com. Check it out. Six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year. We've got everything going on right now. It's the perfect time to subscribe because I'm all over the country writing and doing stuff, and Dan and Painter uh, hold it down for the podcast as well. We'll have another one of those out tomorrow morning. Great stuff, Justin. Safe travels, man. We will uh, we'll t- we'll talk to you talk to you sometime next week. Absolutely, thank you, guys. Right back with hour number two here on the drive for one night only. Denver's Cleo Parker Robinson Dance and the New Orleans Jazz Orchestra join forces live on stage for Sacred Spaces. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Thursday Drive. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls. Our thanks to Justin Ferguson taking a little time out uh, from from the uh, hotel, from the airport hotel in Atlanta. So, yeah, he's not in Fayetteville yet, uh, but he has gone from Auburn to Nashville to Atlanta to Denver to South Dakota, back to Denver to Atlanta, and now he's going to Tulsa and to Fayetteville and then back to Tulsa and back to Atlanta. And, well, I don't know if he's going to go from – I guess he'll go back. He's going to go to Atlanta, back to Auburn. Then he's going to go back to Atlanta, and then to New York. Then he's flying to Brooklyn to uh, (laughs) to watch Auburn and uh, and take on the. And then then he's got Thanksgiving. I presume he'll be back here for the. uh, Uh, I I would think so. That's that's the next week for the Iron Bowl. But then but then it's right back at it with. uh, I mean, isn't Auburn in Boone? Yeah, week after. um, 
Golly, Just, is it? I believe, yeah. I believe Justin plans. You, you said he plans on making every road game. Justin plans on every he's, game. He's, well, no, he's going to miss Friday. Well, yeah, he can't. Yeah, he can't be here because I, he's going to be in Fayetteville. I believe Justin Ferguson intends on going to every game away from Auburn Arena that the men's basketball team plays this season. Well, I, as I said, I knew he was there. I, I wanted to ask him. We ran out of time with him. I was going to ask him how many people were actually covering. Not, I mean, just. Like Baylor beat people type too, yeah. writers, they're covering Auburn Baylor because he was uh, when we were on the the WebEx for post game. It started with Scott Drew, and he was the first to ask questions, and and he asked multiple questions of Scott Drew because there didn't sound like there were many people there in the press room. I think, that- and then of course it was him asking Bruce questions. Um, yeah, when, it when it came when it came Bruce Pearl's turn, he was he was able to get his uh, his uh, his uh, he was able to get the microphone there with the Bruce Pearl. I don't well, know he definitely. Many, he I don't definitely. Know how many other people? I think they just up. handed it to him and said, "Here, please ask some questions." Right, like us, of, like of both coaches, like like in the small room at media day yeah. sometimes when nobody shows up to uh, to, to cover some of these teams. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So so Justin, we appreciate him joining us there from Atlanta before he heads to Fayetteville. I think we're going to record a podcast tonight, so AuburnObserver.com. You can check out uh, more, more observations. We'll preview. Uh, Auburn, Arkansas, and we'll uh, we'll talk some basketball with Auburn Southeastern tomorrow, and uh, and men's basketball going on. Uh, I mean, we still got to still got to break down the Baylor game. So yeah, great great stuff on the website. It is the second hour of the drive here on this Thursday, and hour number two, as usual, brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika, on the web at orthoclinic.com. And with it being hour number two of the Thursday drive. <clears throat> We're pleased to be joined by our regular yeah. Thursday guest. That, of course, David Paschal from the Chattanooga Times, Free Press, uh, and ESPN Chattanooga just wrapping up his show, Press Row, uh, there in Chattanooga, joining us now on The Drive. David, how you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. I hope you guys are doing well. I thought Justin actually saw a really good game the other day. I, think, I know Auburn came up short, but I think Auburn's got some answers this year. As you know, they, they had some of those scoring droughts that could be a little bit painful last year, not just in that last game, but uh, throughout the season. But with Holloway and Jones, I, that's a team that's going to score and be a lot of fun to watch. And it's a team that's going to have multiple opportunities to see high-level competition before conference play gets going. They play Notre Dame next week in New York City. Uh, Virginia Tech is coming to town for the SEC-ACC Challenge. Indiana is uh, going to be uh, waiting for Auburn in Atlanta. USC comes to town as you know one, one of the better. Yeah, that's Attica. not South Carolina. We're no. talking uh, yes, yeah. uh, Southern with, Cal. Yeah, with with, uh, with Collier, who looks like maybe the best true freshman and, in, uh, and, and, and in America, and maybe young Bronny James. Maybe Bronny James uh, back in the picture. So yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of big time matchups for Bruce before. I mean Auburn Auburn opens conference play, uh, David, uh, in Fayetteville. Right, so I mean, like speaking of speaking of the game, we're going to break down this week, and Auburn's uh, men's basketball team in a couple of months will play their first SEC game uh, in. Uh, they in, should be pretty well seasoned by then. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it just amazes me how these players like Holloway and Walter from Baylor, and I mean, these guys just step on the court from day one, and you're just like, these guys just look the part of of just really talented freshmen. Oh, that, that, no question about it. I mean, and, and Aiden Holloway, I don't even think he was at one hundred percent. The other night, he had uh, uh, Bruce was saying he was about 80, 85 uh, percent a day or a day or two. I guess it was day before 
uh, the game. So his teammate from Prolific Prep was flying around there in the Missy? second half too. Yeah, he, he looked pretty good too. Another pretty good looking true freshman. Goodness, it is amazing how advanced and you and you see it. I mean, the AAU teams they get to play against really really good competition. These they, these elite teams, things like that. It it it's amazing how advanced players are at such young ages. Well, and I know, I know Auburn was getting a lot of national praise, Auburn and Baylor both, just from playing in a game like that. Because I saw a stat where Monday night there were 72 uh, Division One teams that played non-Division One teams. Not not the greatest opening night Monday night. Well, I mean, the thing is, I'd rather play and lose the way Auburn did than be uh, Michigan State or Vandy. Very true. Well, well, Very true. And a lot of teams, so there are some pretty high-profile SEC basketball games this weekend. A lot of teams decided to mm-hmm. sort of ease into it. Yeah, most don't a, want to open. With a, like yeah, with a, with a low-level mid-major opponent to open the season. You've got what, Tennessee-Wisconsin uh, tomorrow night right. um, among uh, what Memphis-Missouri, Virginia-Florida, Texas A&M-Ohio State. Like, There's a bunch of really yeah, no intriguing – uh, you know, high, you know, uh, major conference versus SEC games tomorrow. Not very many teams decided to open the season with a game like Auburn Baylor. Yes, yes. No, it, it, that was a lot of fun to watch. A lot of fun to watch. Uh, hopefully, the folks in Sioux Falls got treated to a good one. Although Georgia, Georgia did open the season. With Georgia a, opened I mean, with Oregon. Yeah, Georgia opened with Oregon. They got right. uh, and they've got. Is it Wake Forest uh, tomorrow? Georgia's got. Yeah, a pretty good team on the docket tomorrow, but that's you know Mike White, another team you know deserves some credit for going playing a a big time opponent on a neutral site a neutral site game too. Yeah, basketball just getting just getting underway. Meanwhile, we're coming down the stretch in college football, and uh, last week I guess things went pretty much uh, as expected, except except for down in Gainesville. I guess that was probably the the biggest surprise, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a bad one. I mean, and it, but it, I think we talked about it. it. Just goes to show how the, how good those guys in Vegas are. I mean, you had a six and two team at home hosting a. I mean, excuse me, a five and three team at home hosting a two and six team, and that five and three team was only favored by a field goal. So uh, those guys in Vegas know exactly what they're doing. Not and they should have won it by a field goal. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but. Yeah, that, that leaves Napier at 11 and 11 with, you know, LSU, Missouri, and FSU still to go. Uh, these are just really difficult times right now for Florida. And uh, so that one was a shock. Um, you know, I, I would have loved to have seen Alabama, LSU all the way through. I felt like that's kind of like one of those really good movies that has a disappointing final 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, when Dallas Turner took. Uh, you know, took Jaden Daniels out. I thought that was kind of a bummer. Uh, credit Missouri for making that game against Georgia right. really good. And but no, you're right. Those noon games because you had you had Florida, uh, Arkansas, and you had Ole Miss, Texas A&M both going down to the wire that were just incredible. Sometimes the M Night Shyamalan twist makes the movie, and sometimes the twist really takes the wind out of your sails for the rest of the movie. And I felt like the twist of taking Jaden Daniels out oh, yeah. of Alabama LSU didn't really yet yeah, did not add to the intrigue what was going to happen there David are you uh are you buying Ole Miss at all as as a team that could go into Athens and do what very few teams have done uh with uh with Kirby Smart at the helm uh, for the Bulldogs you know and, and Lane Kiffin's playing the mind games with the the house money angle that he's been talking about all week um they are better defensively than they've been in years past but uh, I just, 
I think they can keep it interesting for a while, but, you know, you've just got this stat where in the second halves of games against South Carolina, Auburn, and Missouri, Georgia's outscored them 58-21. And, I mean, I just – so it's just, you know, even if Missouri hangs close for – Two and a half, three quarters. I, I just think it's Georgia's built to just put the put the pedal down in the fourth quarter and win, kind of going away like you've seen so many times. Well, I mean, they are they are solid. What about eleven, eleven and a half point favorites? Something I believe, uh, and, right. and there, there's a reason for that. I just, I just, I guess, uh, feel like that one has a chance maybe of being closer. I just don't know that Kentucky and Alabama is going to be uh, much closer, if if at all. I think that one has a chance. Uh, to head the other way. Devin Leary's got to play, I think, out of his mind to keep Kentucky in the ballgame against Alabama. And, Bill, I'm, I'm right there with you, and I'm, I must be missing the boat because a lot of people think this could be kind of intriguing, and I'm just like, you know, we know what Kentucky does. They're physical. They try to pound you, but they're not going to out Alabama, Alabama. Mm. And, I mean, you think about this rivalry or lack thereof. I mean, they don't play very often, but you are talking about the two longest tenured coaches in the SEC, and their three head-to-head meetings have been 48-7, 34-6, and 63-3. I'm not saying this will be 63-3, but, I mean, I, I just see this being a three- or four-touchdown game potentially. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard for me not to see that. I mean, uh uh, the the only thing would be I've I've had a couple of people go yeah well uh, Jalen Milrow ran crazy uh, against LSU because LSU's defense just isn't very good and and I I was shocked when Brian Kelly at the half last week said no we're not going to spy him we don't need to spy Milrow what are you what are did he not see what was going on on the field I mean unless Jalen Milrow um, you know cramps up and can't move or 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 uh, uh, they they decide to go back to the to the he just only needs to drop back and never throw the ball. I don't see how this one doesn't get away. Yeah, and I mean it isn't. I mean there are some interesting dynamics. You had an emotional win uh, Saturday night where Nick Saban said this is probably the most complete game you've played. I mean who knows how that noon kick will factor into it? I mean that may. That may help Alabama. I, you know, they, that Kroger Field may be a little sluggish at the start. So, but I just, yeah, I just think Alabama. I've seen Kentucky, and they're okay. Uh, and I know they finally won in Starkville for the first time in 15 years or whatever. But I just think Alabama just way too much. And who knows? Maybe Kentucky kind of relaxes now that they've gotten bowl eligibility. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they've 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 accomplished that. I now. couldn't I couldn't believe that stat about the losing streak in Starkville. I first of all, I always forget that those two teams play every year. It's the it's the most rent the Kentucky Mississippi State yeah. uh interdivision series is is the is the craziest one of them all, but yeah, that that Kentucky had a, a, a meanwhile they dominate Florida now, but they but they couldn't win a game could win a game in Starkville for a, uh, yeah. for a game. Now now uh they did. I think we all have this thought of like Kentucky being, you know, their their identity as a power run team and and the like they threw the ball a ton against Tennessee to keep that game close. That's what it's going to take if they're going to if they're going to have Yeah, and Devin Leary's got to got to complete most of them and stay, and, and stay upright. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I covered that game with Tennessee, and, and Tennessee, to its credit, has a nice run defense, and they were doing a number on Ray Davis. Well, Kentucky, to its credit, you know, shifted and, and started throwing the ball, and that's why I think Bama's significantly better than Tennessee is on that back end. So I, I do think Bama uh, will control that. And, and Dan, back to your talk about thoughts about uh, 
Starkville in Kentucky, I mean, I guess when you look back at that, you do have to realize that most of those years, uh, I guess in the early going there, you know, Kentucky had Joker Phillips and was going 2-10 and 10 and couldn't take advantage of it. And then when Stoops got Kentucky going, you had Mullen getting Mississippi State going too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they just, you know, to, you know, Stoops just couldn't beat Mullen in Starkville. All right, a couple of other ball games. Florida, a, I mean, LSU, a, a two-touchdown favorite over the Gators, who uh, lost at home last week to Arkansas. I just wonder how each of these teams are mentally after last week's loss, and and uh, is, is Jaden Daniels 100%? And, and that's the big thing. I mean, I, this is one of these things you can try to break down, but you just can't break it down with any kind of confidence because you don't know his situation. I mean, uh you know, the, the last I heard was Brian Kelly talking about it on the SEC teleconference, saying that if he had cleared yesterday's practice, that, that you know he had a, he had the opportunity to be cleared today. But I haven't I hadn't read or seen any tweets on that or anything. So uh, you know, I think if Daniels is good to go, then then Florida is going to discover what a lot of people discover that that, that LSU is just a hard team to keep up with, and I, I just don't know if. Uh, if Florida is going to be able to do it. I mean, if you look at Graham Mertz's statistical numbers, I mean, the guy's completing like 74% of his passes. He's got 17 touchdowns, two picks. If you were to tell anybody that through nine games or whatever that Graham Mertz would have these numbers, you'd think Florida was like 8-1. and one. Yeah. I mean, Mertz has not been, Mertz has not been the issue. I, you know, I know he's – he, he didn't play great against Georgia, and, and there have been some, like, big-time games where he hadn't played as well, and you could argue that he's racked up some of those numbers against lesser teams. But I just think Mertz has been really solid all the way through. Um, but, yeah, if, if Daniels is healthy, I just don't see how Florida can keep up. It's a it's a it's like a, you know the old monkey's paw, like, fable, right? You get your, you know, be careful what you wish for. Florida. All they needed was a quarterback, yeah. right, for so long. And they got a quarterback. They put up really good numbers. Yeah, they got a quarterback. And, and they're still 500. Yep. Uh, the game in Columbia, not the one Columbia, South Carolina, because I, we don't even need to spend time on that. The game in Columbia, Missouri. <laughs> how does, you know, Tennessee, Missouri, to me, that that is a really intriguing one. I've, I've had a heck of a time back and forth as to what I think about this ballgame. Love to get your thoughts. Uh, real quick, though, the game in Columbia, South Carolina, how weird is the staff that South Carolina has the longer winning streak over Vanderbilt than any other SEC East team? Wow. How, how, how long has it been since Vanderbilt? Than any other East SEC team has over Vandy or than they have over any other SEC team? South Carolina has beaten Vandy 14 straight times. No other team in the East has a winning streak over Vandy that long right wow. now. Wow. Now that is surprising. Um, yeah, because, you know, when Vandy got good under Franklin, South Carolina was good under Spurrier. So hmm. uh, it's just kind of funny how these coaches match up. I will be heading to uh, Columbia, Missouri tomorrow. I have never been to Missouri, uh, to Como, so this will be my first time there. It, it, I'm, I'm just as curious, Bill, because six of the last seven meetings have been decided by at least three touchdowns. It's been weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heupel has really had Drinkwitz's number, 62-24, 66-24. I mean, last year I'm watching this game in Knoxville thinking, hey, this game isn't bad. I mean, Brady Cook's running has given Tennessee fits, and Tennessee's only up 28-24 midway through the third, and then Tennessee closes on a 38 to nothing run. So, um, you know, I don't think there's any love loss between these two coaches. 
I just I think Tennessee, intangibles wise, I like the way it sets up for them. I mean, they had this kind of nothing game against UConn where they they were able to empty the benches at the start of the second half. Uh, meanwhile, Missouri just really played a fantastic, hard fought game down at Georgia. Even though this game's at Faroe Field. I kind of like Tennessee going up there and kind of sneaking out a W. But it's weird. It's weird picking this thing close. I mean, how else are you going to pick it? It's just these teams typically don't play close games. I just think they do on Saturday. Yeah, it feels like it. I, I, you know, I, I wonder how much Missouri is disappointed from last week. And I also wonder, can Tennessee avoid looking ahead to next week? I think there's just so much on. I mean, this is just a huge game uh, for Tennessee I mean, you're just talking about a, a number 14 versus number 16. I mean, it's the first top 16 matchup in Faro Field history. Wow. Um, I just think it's – I think because it's Connecticut last week, I think the focus will be on, on Missouri. I don't think they'll be – look, at, I, I'll give Tennessee credit. They've been pretty good under Heupel of, of not biting that bullet right. of, of looking ahead. Because you could say, well, what about South Carolina last year? Well, that was Missouri the following week. It wasn't, you know um, – so, I don't know. I just uh, – or, or it was it was Vandy. I think it was between Missouri and Vandy, so there weren't really any look-ahead opportunities when they went to Columbia, South Carolina last year. And then uh, Auburn at Arkansas. Auburn, I thought, played, played very well last week, except for receivers couldn't hang on when, when Peyton Thorne – when Peyton – uh, Thorne made made throws that uh, appeared to be pretty good. The, the the one obvious huge mistake he made was the uh, the pick six. But the Auburn offense appears to be getting a little better. How much of that is Vandy? And then Arkansas with the huge win down in Gainesville. Um, I I think it's going to be a couple of teams. Auburn's feeling better about themselves. Arkansas's got to feel better. They've got to feel like good. They got rid of Dan Enos, and now they're back to running the kind of offense that that favors KJ Jefferson. Great to get Rocket Sanders back. They're trying to. They know they need to win out to get bowl eligible. Auburn needs to win Saturday to be bowl eligible. Uh, I think this is going to be this. I think this one could be a fairly high scoring matchup in Fayetteville. Yeah, I think this one and then Tennessee, Missouri, I think those are the two that are just the absolute toss-ups. I know I've been a little down on Auburn. One one thing about Auburn is, like, you know, when you don't excel really, you're not really glorious in anything. I mean, the fact that they do lead the SEC in forced turnovers is a nice stat to lead the league in. Uh, I, I'm kind of like the uh, intangible situation that we just talked about with Tennessee. I like the fact um, that, that Auburn is gaining confidence and that Arkansas just had its biggest win of the season and they're going back home. I think there may be a little bit of a – I don't think Arkansas plays as well against Auburn as they did against Florida. I actually think Auburn uh, goes into Fayetteville and, and sneaks out a, a mild upset, and I guess it would be mild because they're, yeah. they're only like two-point underdogs, right? Mm-hmm. No, and, it, and it's an Auburn team that seems to have found something offensively these last couple of weeks, we'll see if they can sustain it against Arkansas, which I know I know Mississippi State beat Arkansas, but it feels like you're taking a step up in competition from Mississippi State and Vanderbilt uh, to going to Fayetteville, especially after the, uh, after the progress Arkansas seemingly showed uh, in Gainesville last week. I agree. I mean, uh, this will definitely be tougher than Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, but uh, I, think, I think Auburn's ready for it. I think, I think, they'll, I think they're playing the best of the year. Um, I think they go out there. I mean, they've they've actually had 
gosh, when the y'all know this, when the divisions first started, uh, you know, Arkansas could be an absolute pill for Auburn, uh, and they went back and forth a lot. Uh, you know, Arkansas, Auburn recently, I mean, you go back the last eight or ten years, Auburn's done really well, including out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I think Auburn goes out there and gets one. Well, folks listening here in this area are hoping you're right, David. Hey, it's it's always great to spend a little time with you. We got into quite a few things, basketball and and all around the SEC. Let everybody know how they can keep up with you and everything that you do because uh, you you do a great job up there, uh, both on the air and uh, and with the Times Free Press. Yeah, timesfreepress.com for the articles and ESPN Chattanooga for the radio. All right, David, enjoy the trip to Como and uh, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, you guys do the same. Always enjoy it. All See right. you, David. David Pascal joins us every Thursday uh, as we get started with our number two. We'll get to our first break. Open up the phone lines. Come on in and join us as we continue here with the Thursday Drive. For one night only. With uh, Drew at the controls. Have we got a call? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yellowhammer. Hey, Yellowhammer. How you doing today? Hey, great. Howdy. Uh, I, I just want to run something by you and see what you think. Uh, nope. You know, that's uh, no, okay. I'll have in that, <laughs> well, that's what you're there for, I guess. But <laughs> anyway, uh, when Alabama was playing LSU, uh, they converted um, 11 uh, of 14 but, third down. Right. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, you read my mind. And, <laughs> well, that and, was just know, an, unbelie- in- it's an unbelievable number to be able to do it. Now, they had a lot of third and shorts, but still, 11 of 14 is phenomenal. Well, then on defense, if you can pitch a few three and outs, boy, is that a roadmap to win. Oh, yes. So, could Auburn do anything like that? Well, Auburn has – the two things Auburn has going for them defensively, David Pascal mentioned um, that, that Auburn's turnovers uh, – and Auburn is the best team in the league in the red zone. Auburn gives up some yards, but, boy, they have been good when teams have gotten – inside the 20-yard line. They've been uh, the best in the league at keeping people from getting touchdowns. Now, one of the things we were talking about a while ago, Justin Ferguson pointing out that Arkansas is one of the worst teams you're going to see anywhere at allowing sacks. And Auburn has gotten a little better at that. Um, if, if, If Auburn can, you know, put Arkansas into obvious passing situations, they can create some problems there because Arkansas's pass protection has been bad. I mean, nothing but bad. They're kind of like we were a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're well. They're they're very young on the offensive line, and young offensive linemen generally struggle in pass protection. And the, and the issue is they're young on the offensive line, but they're veteran at running back and quarterback, mm-hmm. and so there's expectations that they need to be at a high level right now. There's been frustration because the Arkansas offense struggled for much of conference play, seemingly found something against Florida. We'll see if they can use that against Auburn because, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they were able to really run the ball uh, w- with Rocket Sanders and K.J. Jefferson uh, to, uh, to win that game on, on, on Saturday. Well, i got to have a little bit of respect for their offense and their defense, and I somehow feel like they're going to score something in the neighborhood of 24 or somewhere around that. It, this game, to me, I think will be a 20-something to 20-something thing, and it might even come down to the end where somebody drives into field goal position and they kick it and win, or they don't and they won't. And it's just one of those kind of games coming up, I think. Yeah, it, it may take a little more than 20-something. 
Uh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking if you can get to 30, you've got a really good shot. Other, I see a lot of people picking this one. 28, 24, 27, 24, 28, 27, 31, 27. A lot of scores in those range, in, in, those, in, in that range. Well, maybe our offense is, and here's the thing, uh, and this is on the receivers, and I'm not asking them to do an amazing, great thing. It's just a solid little game, go out and run under a deep one and win a 50-50, a couple of things like that. You know, that could give us the, the, the push, uh, to, to get it done. Uh, I mean, well, the Auburn passing game appears to be really improving. The pass protection was better. The receivers were getting open. The ball got there. Now they've just got to catch the ball. Well, uh, I'm not going to pick a winner. It's so close. I can't. I can't. Yeah, well, that, I that's think. why this game <laughs> is considered a pick em by a lot. And, and, and one of the things now um, that we were talking about, I looked at this, though, and, and I wonder, I wonder how much – Last week, I'm sure a good bit had to do with the fact that they changed their offensive coordinator and they changed their play calling. And, and uh, it's been mentioned that, you know, Arkansas, maybe Arkansas found its offense last week. You realize what Florida has done the last three games? They've given up 39, 43, and 39 each of the last three games. So maybe wow. maybe Arkansas <laughs> didn't find it as much as, hey, Arkansas found a porous defense because, yeah, Georgia scored 43 against them, but South Carolina scored 39 against Florida. So their defensive coordinator is kind of on the hot seat. Well, the, you know who they're de- – uh, Florida's, yes. Florida's defensive coordinator, yes. LSU's defensive coordinator, Matt House, Definitely. You know who you know who Arkansas's defensive coordinator is Travis Williams. It is indeed former Auburn, former linebacker, Auburn linebacker Travis Williams, former Auburn coach. Uh, yep. Travis, was he a GA or coach? Was he? Was he, was, he a, yeah, he was. He was an assistant. That's right. And then he and then he went with Gus uh, mm-hmm. to get the uh, to, to get the uh, to get a coordinator position. first coordinator job was yeah with UCF right uh, and, uh, and and Gus and and we you know what Travis still immensely popular. Oh no, with, no question with the about Auburn that. Fan base. I don't know. And how popular. He is really really motivated for this ball yeah. game. I don't, I don't know how popular he'll be on Saturday. True. But uh, but yeah, that that's a guy that uh, there, there's nothing but respect for for what he's done uh, in the past uh, with Auburn. Great stuff, Yellowhammer. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break, running a little behind. Still plenty of time for you to join in as we uh, wind things down, head into the final 25 minutes here on the Thursday Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Thursday evening now. Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls. Something we haven't mentioned today. The uh, you know we 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 look forward to finding out who's going to be playing who in football. We uh, today got word of the SEC baseball permanent opponents starting with next year, uh, beginning in twenty twenty. No, no real surprise who Auburn's two permanent opponents are in SEC play. Did you think there maybe probably be, not? Did, no, did, I did, mean did, Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, I mean, did did you think there could be? Did you think there could be another team? Auburn hasn't that, played Georgia as much as they've played some others, but, I mean, those are the two natural was every, rivals. Was everyone given two permanent opponents? Was yes. Was that the way they decided to do it? Everyone was given two. Alabama's two are Auburn and Tennessee. And then uh, oh, uh, Mississippi State, who's right there 
Next to Alabama gets Ole Miss and LSU. LSU gets Mississippi State and A&M, while Ole Miss gets Mississippi State and Arkansas. So, I mean, uh, it – And then so, there will be – there will be – is it two – the two series, you'll have a series each against the permanent opponents? Yes. And then eight, and then eight of the – eight of the other – Thirteen? Yes. Eight of the other 13. Yes, yeah. You just rotate the other 13 eight at a time. Right. I don't know exactly how that's going to be, if it, if it would be in any specific, you know, whatever. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a formula or an algorithm. I'm that sure tells there you which, is. Which eight you play and which five you don't play every single year. But there will be a two permanents and then eight of the other 15 will be – eight of the other 13 right. will, be your, will be your eight opponents. Yeah, so, the, so there would be no, five – No divisions, right? No divisions. Yep. So every year there will be five – conference opponents that you do not play and like Jason was saying um and I don't know if he said this yesterday but one of the times we've had Jason Jason on it's going to be critical who you don't play who you do play and who you don't play and it's going to be like that I think in 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 basketball too although basketball will probably they'll they'll come up with a little different formula because you're going to continue playing 18 conference Games in basketball. I wonder if do we do we know how things are changing in basketball? Are they keeping the three permanent opponents and just sort of reshuffling who your three permanent? Because right now you have three designated teams that you always play twice in men's basketball in the SEC, and uh, everyone else is no. Sort of on you a... you have you have two that you always play twice. You have one that you rotate playing twice, then you play the others. Yeah, it's a, it's a screwy thing. I don't know if that's correct. I think that Auburn always plays Bama, Georgia, and Ole Miss twice. I think that they have – I think Auburn has three designated oh, – well, per- no, okay. Well, yeah, men's you, basketball. You, that's right. You have three permanent, and then you, you – but you rotate others yes. in that you play – You can play other teams twice. Yes, but, that's but it. There, that's but there are three, three teams that you yeah, always that's play right. twice. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I wonder if that will stay. Yeah, I was trying to. I, I think I had figured out what you do with sixteen. You, you, you know, you, you either you may add another team that you always play twice, but uh, you're still going to get to eighteen games with fifteen other opponents. Right, and and there's a way to play everyone in the league, right? You can sure or, there is. Or I think there's a way to play everyone in the league at least once. I mean, if you play, you know, if if you played three teams twice at six, you have twelve games left, and you have twelve teams. That's right. That's right. So, so you so, just do that. It'd be simple. Then you just play so, so the may, same three teams so twice during everybody else once. I was going to say maybe you don't play anyone but your permanent opponents. Twice. Probably not in basketball. Yeah, in basketball you'll have three teams that you always play twice, and then everyone else you'll only play once, mm-hmm. and. Whether you know which games are home and which so you'd games at least away. get everybody, and you'd rotate one year. You'd play uh, the, the teams. You'd play six teams at home. You'd play the other six. Um, there are other at home the following year. There are other leagues where playing everyone once entails a crazy amount of travel. Oh and, yes. I mean, I mean, especially now that the ACC and the Big Ten have teams on the West Coast in mm-hmm. in their in their conference. You know, once they move to you know once Stanford and Cal and Washington and Oregon and USC and UCLA are on these schedules. Playing everyone at least once would require an, an amazing amount of travel. The, it, I think it, it within is the SEC, you can still, I mean, Gainesville to Norman, Oklahoma is a long trip, and Austin, Texas to Columbia, South Carolina. Like there, there are long trips, right. but it's it's Columbia manage- to Columbia. It's yeah, but it's manageable within right. you know within the context of a conference schedule. Now, what what's interesting is we have pretty much moved to the sports which are played after football. We know what they're going to be next year. You know, we're, we're talking baseball, the 2025 baseball season. Before 
the 2024 season starts. We're coming to the end of the 2023 football season, and you know we, we don't know. We know next who, season. We don't. You don't. But you don't know when. You know who you're playing. We're getting. You that don't soon, know when. Isn't, isn't that isn't that coming in the, from the SEC soon? That's supposed to be by early December. So that's coming anytime. I would think it probably comes. You know. Maybe the week of the we, SEC we, championship game. We know the eight opponents on Auburn's schedule next right. year in conference we do. play, including Oklahoma, who will come to Auburn. But it's interesting that we already are going yep. beyond next year in other sports, which are played, you know, in fall, winter, and spring, and we still don't know for sure whether it's going to be an eight or a nine game conference schedule well, in football well we we i mean i i would guess uh barring a future development uh i would guess it's going to be an eight game uh conference schedule but that could change when texas and oklahoma i still don't think so i still i still think it's going to be a nine game well, conference no, I, schedule I, permanently well what i'm saying is but but as oh, of, next year is going to be no, an eight no but i mean as of now it's an eight game schedule because they haven't announced officially right. that it's going to change to nine that could that could change but it was announced as a one time yes yes it was, and so when and and part of that is because Texas and Oklahoma don't have a vote yet, and part of that is because Greg Sankey wants a nine-game conference schedule, and, and but I think Greg Sankey wants a nine-game conference schedule with that, more money that the, that ESPN is paying for. There was an I think it was Bob Iger uh, run, runs Disney uh, earlier this week uh, said that I believe by the end of I should get this right. It's either by the end of twenty four or by the end of twenty five. I think it's by the end of twenty five. ESPN will have the direct consumer package available for people who don't want to pay the monthly cable bill right. but still want access to the ESPN family of networks they're figuring out what the price cable point or satellite right yeah what, what is you know they're figuring out what the price point's going to be uh, for folks who want ESPN that way rather than a part of their cable package figuring out what the price you know and how what, to uh, what kind of enticement is there for most people with the cable packages if you don't have any of the oh, oh no you'll, you'll get it you'll get the espns it's a question of if you don't want to pay for cable right but you still that's want what i'm saying is how many ESPNs. people are going to want to pay 20 extra. 20 something well well it, i think it's more for people that aren't paying extra but are paying instead right if you'd rather just pay 20 something a sure. month for espn rather than but when you can get for, other things other ways yes why would you want to why would you want to continue the, keeping well those? the month the monthly cable bundle is something that is trending in the wrong direction yeah, right it now. absolutely and, is and part of the reason is because i think programmers have decided to put fewer and fewer first run stuff on their cable channels i mean you watch uh, a lot of cable channels now feel like it's just nothing but reruns mm -hmm. or replays of the same show. Well, I'm shocked over when there's something new. Yes, and and I think that's that's dissuade. I mean, yeah, that's that's something that is. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll see. But it, uh, I think part of the reason ESPN is developing a direct to consumer option is because they realize if we rely on people paying their monthly cable bill every month, by the end of the decade, we could be in. Uh, you know, we, we might not be bringing in enough revenue every month from that mm -hmm. to pay for the SEC or the NFL or these things that ESPN has agreed to. So, yeah, I think that's a, uh, uh, you know, how how you get your stuff and, uh, you know, if it's going to provide more options for consumers. Like, that's that's something to watch for. But, I mean, and it gets back to people, are, why isn't there a nine-game SEC schedule now? I think I think Disney's getting a little more careful about the rights fees that's and right. things. And, and they're, you know, they... they, they even, even though it... Sure, it makes a lot of sense, and fans want to see it. Somebody's got to somebody's got to fund it. That's not my hundred million dollars, right? That is right. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That is the 
uh, Drive Hotline. Let's get to it. And Glenn is next. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Glenn. Hey. Um, will this new um, <clears throat> Will this new um, um, basketball um, um, SEC package? Um, um, I heard you talk a little bit about it, but what I'm interested in will there will there be any blackouts, quote unquote, going on? You know, I I, I think that we're going to see, and we appreciate the phone call. And it, it, it's um, uh, I think that I think that it's going. I think regional blackouts are going away. I, I do think too. That's, it's get, I it's do getting. Too. I, don't, I, mean, I don't think I don't think that you you're likely to see those. And, and that I think that's anymore. a shift. That's a shift economically from when it was when when it was ticket sales driving mm-hmm. the the engine, like when when it was a live event business. Now so much of it is about trying to maximize eyeballs on screens that it doesn't. I know the NFL has some regional blackout. Uh, uh, rules and things, but but it's I think it's something that uh, is is going away as uh, you just you just try to I mean if you're a broadcaster you want the largest audience possible and if that means cannibalizing some of the people that might buy tickets to the event instead at least they're going to be watching and seeing the commercials and what have you from uh, uh, fr- from going on the screen so I, I think and that places that aren't like Auburn that that aren't you know hard sellouts uh, sure it could bother them it's not gonna it's not gonna break. You know, and some of the some of the, some places and hearts. some of the and some of the media blackout rules are crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, we're talking, right. like I mean, it, you can't. Oh, when when the when the Braves yes. are playing on the you know on the West Coast and you can't watch it because oh that's a regional game. Yeah, yeah, and it's ESPN out. can't show. Yeah, so, some of these are uh, MLB. Yeah. I mean, what you know? I, I think some of them are overly restrictive, and uh, and that's probably going to be something that that goes away as. Uh, I think so, and and, and I hope so. Yeah. yeah, appreciate the call, Lenny. We good, need to get good question. Need to get to our final break. Of the afternoon. Still time for you to join us here on the Thursday Drive. Come in and get it out of your system.